0: Today's December 11th, the winter meetings were a joke. The Bucks did pick up a starting pitcher, though, and two of the best players of this generation on new teams this week. All on today's show, hey, I mean, you're listening to the Bridge to Bucktober podcast. Guys, thank you for listening to the Bridge to Bucktober podcast where we talk all about them Pittsburgh Pirates and that. My name is Josh and I am joined as always by my brother Jake. Welcome back. How are we doing? Good. Um, Good to be back. Good to be back. It's always good to see Jake back on the show after I do a solo one. (laughs) (laughs) Everybody says, Oh, good. I don't have to listen to that the whole time.
1: Did battle a little bit of a cold this week, though, so still uh, voice recovering from that a little bit. But yeah. We're good to go.
0: We're good to go. Hey, that's just... Wait,
1: hey, listen, listen. I'm going to take a second here I was, gonna say, I was though, off it, last week. It's
0: just going to make you sound a little more b- bassy today. Yeah, yeah. yeah a little sure. more manly.
1: <laughs> anyway, what were you saying? Anyway, I got to go to a Saints game today. First time going down to the Superdome today. It was pretty cool. Pretty yeah. Cool. Um, freezing. In there. It's freezing. In a in dome? Home. So cold. Wonder if that's for literally, atmosphere. Literally was sitting in my seat, like shivering. <laughs> of course, we were right under the air duct. Oh, I
0: was going to so, <laughs> say that. No, it was like it was, it was we're going to make time. it feel like to... football. <laughs> <laughs> because New Orleans and Carolina are playing each other. <laughs> it
1: was a little chilly today.
0: Well, I mean, they crushed them, though.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it was a it was a fun game to be at for sure.
0: Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Better than the uh, Minnesota and Raiders, uh, Las Vegas.
1: I, did I, right before you said, "Are you ready to go?" I was scrolling down through X, Twitter, yeah. whatever, yeah, and I saw that pop up at three nothing. I was like, "Oh my god!" No, they
0: kicked that. They kicked that field goal at the two minute warning in the fourth quarter too. <laughs> we're Talk football. A we're a football fest. pod today. Holy cow, do we have a lot to talk about? No. But we have th- a, th- like, I guess we have, like, it's not a it's not a quantity of things, but the quality is there, right? The Pirates, mm-hmm. Pirates got one of the starting pitchers that they need this week. We're going to talk about that a little bit. Um, the winter meeting stuff happened. It feels like it didn't. It feels like um, ages ago that that happened. And um, the sports world in general, shocked this weekend. Yeah. Just shocked. Um, we'll get into that shortly. Juan Soto, that's a, the, the, dude, it's just hiding. We can't overlook that. That's a big deal.
1: <laughs> it is a massive deal.
0: Um, we'll peek around at some moves, stuff like that. Um, I, You know what? I have things in the notes. You're looking at them. I don't know what order anything's in today. We're just going to wing it. But let's start with Pirates stuff. Mm-hmm. This is a Pirates podcast. Guys, stick around. We do have a lot to talk about. We are going to get into some of the deals that were made and maybe what impact those have on the Pirates. Those There are some relevant ones there, not like Shohei Otani. We are going to talk about the Otani deal, though. Because it's baseball, and this is a big deal, and it, it's relevant to the sport and for sports fans, all sports fans. Yeah. Um, and so that you know, we're, we're going to talk about it a little bit. Um, also, reference that uh, I was on the the fan forum on Thursday, so I'll have a little um, thing to say about that. So if you were there Thursday or listened to it Saturday on audio, stick around for that. And then we have um, in the in the middle of this, we've got a couple messages from uh, from some other fans out there who we interact with on Twitter or that listen to the show or, or that listen to the fan forum on Thursday, but we have a couple, we have a couple comments. One of them pertains to last week's show. So we'll kind of cover that one towards the end. Um, but a lot to get into, man. Let's start off with, um, some of the stuff that happened for the pirates this week. Let's do winter meeting stuff now because I feel like I could say it. We can get through it. Sounds good. Draft lottery results. Uh, We were, we were supposed, according to records and that, we would have got the number eight pick. We got bumped down to number nine. Big deal. Right. Right. Uh, Cleveland, I think should have been nine. They end up at number one. Um, Or maybe they should have been. Yeah, I think that was right. I think they were in the nine spot. They ended up at number one, like we were last year, even though we only went from three to one. Uh, They won the lottery. It's kind of weird to me that it's been Pittsburgh and Cleveland. The first two years, <laughs> you know what I mean? Just like right yeah. here in this little nook. And the Reds went from 13 to two. That's also big.
1: That's real big.
0: Um, probably one of those reminders to the rest of us that all that the Reds are doing this offseason is kind of annoying. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um, also, I mean, good for them. You know what I mean? Like, whatever. You know, and I have a lot of Reds fans, uh, friends who are really pumped about it. And they should be. Yeah, they absolutely, uh, absolutely. should. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, They also signed a minor league uh, Ben Heller to a minor league deal. We usually don't cover that kind of stuff, uh, but that's how quiet this week was. And then the rule five draft to kind of round everything out. They passed on the major league round. um, And we'll talk about that, I think in a minute. And uh, they did draft uh, Seth Beer and I think three others in the minor league round. Um, Seth Beer does have a little bit of major league experience. This is where Josh Palacios was drafted last year. Just a little bit of a note, he plays first base. His name is Beer. I <laughs> he, he's hit two home runs in the show for Arizona, and I'm pretty sure one of them was like a walk off into the pool. It was like this incredible moment, right? Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Anyway, um, we did lose uh, one kind of notable player is Dario Lopez. We lost in the minor league phase as well. Um, and I know that a lot of people were upset about that. The last time he was on our list, he's on our list. Like before that, it was number fourteen. However, the word is that if you would have if you would have made a, a a prospect list out two weeks ago, he would not have been on the top thirty. And most of that is the concerns about his health. He dislocated his knee, it required surgery. He missed last year, and it doesn't seem like there's a lot of confidence in his recovery and whatnot. I listen. If he ends up to to be something good for him. Mm. Pirates just basically decided it was okay to move on from that. And uh, to me, you know, losing somebody in the minor league phase, it doesn't matter if they work out. Nobody's mad that Palacios found his way to the Pirates. Nobody's, you know what I mean? Like those right. things are just going to happen and it, it, it is what it is. But you got any thoughts on Seth Beer before I just fly right through this? You you think there's anything there or are the numbers what they are because that's what kind of a player he is?
1: I think mostly the numbers are what they are because that's the kind of player he is, but there's always especially so especially moving from organization to organization, there's always something there. There's something a little bit extra to, that can be said about change of scenery, and it's not when we say change of scenery, it's not really scenery, right? It's the coaching around him. You hear a different theory that you didn't have before that this one, new one might work. That's the kind of change of scenery that some players Maybe this philosophy works better for that person. Hmm. Maybe he didn't have that theory before, but he's gonna try it the here and it works. So there's always something there. Uh, it, in my opinion. A guy who has been in the show, he's got a cup of coffee. Yeah. You know. So there's 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 potential there for sure. And okay. it's just another first base I, option.
0: I think that it was interesting uh that you said that. Um I think there is something to a change of scenery if you're if you've been around something for a while and it feels monotonous that changing a team pushes you a little bit, but I like, uh, I like what you said there. I I think there's a lot of merit to that. It's not just the fact that you've gone somewhere else, but you're right. It could be something with the coaching. Um, Imagine that when we're always upset about the coaching. (laughs) Imagine that. Um, But you never know. So the most impactful thing that happened this week was the Pirates acquired Marco Gonzalez and Cash from the Braves for a player to be named later or Cash. Do remember when I said we'll come back to past on the major league board around? Uh, we believe that, I think, I don't know if it was confirmed, but the Braves probably wanted somebody in the Rule 5 draft, and we were well ahead of them. So if he was available, we were going to draft him and trade him as the player to be named later. Otherwise, we were going to send cash. So, it feels like <laughs> we're just going to send cash. I don't know. Now, they could still come up with a player.
1: These ones always scare me. I'm not going to lie.
0: It, and it could. I mean, here's one of the <laughs> reasons why, it, the only reason, I would say, why it could scare you. We're only paying less than $3 million for him. The Braves are paying like $4 million of his $12.5 million. So... First off, how weird is that to get a check from three teams every week, right? Right. But, <laughs> but the thing is, is like that's a significant amount of money. And I, Ethan, did some stuff. If you guys are questioning and you don't and you don't follow Ethan Hulahan, um, go follow him on Twitter and check out some of the numbers that he's run. Man, I got lost in all the things going on this week. But I believe there's only a certain amount of money we can send to them as cash, since they sent cash to us. Hmm. So it's not like we're just gonna be like, oh well, you don't have to pay the four and a half million. I think we can't actually send all of that back. So I don't, I don't really know. But check that out, read that if you're really interested. Um, but it could be, it could be something that changes. I, if it's a player, you know what I mean. If it, if it's gonna be something that significant, I mean, if it's only gonna be significant as a, as a rule five draft, you know what I'm saying though. It's not like we're gonna right. send him Henry right. Davis. You know what I mean? Right. So anyway, Um, and they've also made moves after that. Let's get into some of the stuff around the league. Let's get into some of the stuff around the league. Let's stick on winter meetings. And then after we talk about this, we'll work our way back into some of the, some of the rumors surrounding the pirates, some of the buzz going around it and some of the things that we've been talking about there. But let's cover some of this stuff around the league a little bit. We'll start with the Braves because of the Marco Gonzalez deal. The Braves acquired Jared Kalanick, Marco Gonzalez, and Evan White for a couple pitchers. We're going to try to get through these that don't really matter, right? Um, there's some money being transferred somewhere too. Um, the, it's it's the Mariners shedding money is all they're doing. Yeah. Um, is it to sign someone else or is it because they're losing a bunch of money on TV money? I think it's maybe a little bit of both. Um, it's certainly because they're losing money or else they just signed somebody. Can't do right. it. Can't do it. Of course, Marco goes to the Pirates the next day, and then Evan White to the Angels in another trade where the Braves got Max Stassi and then flipped Max Stassi to the White Sox. Holy moly, Braves, what are you doing? <laughs> they're just, they're, they're, and they're paying parts of these contracts because they've got payroll flexibility and they're just dealing. I mean, this has been.
1: I just don't. I just don't understand what their move is. That's all. It's, they're just. I don't they're it. trying
0: to get it down to a science, and basically they're like, "I want Kellnick," and they said the only way you get him is if you take these two guys. And they're like, "Fine, we'll flip them." <laughs> but then they used <laughs> another one to flip somebody to then flip somebody. It's wild. Yeah. Anyway, the Red Sox trade Alex Verdugo to the Yankees for the Yankees' first big move. You could call it big. I think it'll be big. I think it'll help. I think him. it's big. Um, for three pitchers which is another thing the Yankees, think about that. It's for three pitchers. Uh, Craig Kimbrell signs a one-year deal with the Orioles. It's got an option for the following year. Uh, that's kind of big. Um, we'll go to the other one. Juan Soto and Trent Grisham traded to the Yankees for four pitchers and Kyle Higashioka. So now you're talking about seven pitchers gone from the Yankees just like that, yeah. plus two of, their, two of their starting pitchers rule five draft. They're just getting cleaned out. You talk about possible regret. I mean, Juan Soto is a one-year guy. I think Grisham might be too.
1: Yeah, and I think they're gonna. I think they're gonna try to lock up Soto. I can't imagine making that big of a deal, sending that many players.
0: Yeah, but he's Scott Boris. Lock him up. He might not sign. I know. So it's crazy. Yeah. That so that's one I don't want overlooked. I mean Juan Soto. Is possibly a better hitter than Otani. You know what I'm Just saying? All around, yeah. a better hitter, like total hitter, total th- package. Yeah, than Otani. And you're saying, okay, we're going to talk a lot about Otani, but we got what we have to understand is he's a unicorn. He's unbelievable, but he's not the best pitcher in the league. He's not even the best pitcher on the Dodgers. He's not even the best hitter on the Dodgers. It's just the fact that he does them so well (laughs) that it puts him into another category. It's it's like, you know how they say jack of all trades, master of none? He's not just a jack of all trades, but he's also not, he's a master of both. He's just not the best at both, right? And so uh, it's not crazy for someone to say Juan Soto's a better hitter. I mean, some people, Juan Soto's 25. (laughs) (laughs) And look what he's already done in this game. Yeah. He's got so much more left. I don't particularly yeah, care for gonna, him, but he's gonna need to learn to pull the ball a little bit more. I mean, it ain't gonna matter. There's you know what I mean? He he can go apo taco there too. <laughs> well, he can. It's just not
1: as easy as some of the other places he's yeah. played.
0: No, I mean, and if he does, if he does learn to pull the ball more, well, it's not harder to to go apo taco. Sorry, I heard what you said. Not it's not harder. It's just easier to go to right field. Left field's not that deep either.
1: Well, left center is deep.
0: Left center, yeah, yeah, yeah. But he, but the highlights that you see of him is hitting a home run in left center at Yankee Stadium. So <laughs> those are the highlights when he hit his two home runs. The his when he was 19 years old, his first week in the show, he hit two home runs at Yankee Stadium. One of them was into left center at 19. So I think he's fine. Oh, I didn't
1: say he couldn't.
0: No. Yeah, I think he's fine. But if he learns to pull it, you you're looking at a 40 homer guy. Yeah. You know what I mean. If he learns to pull it more often. The problem is, is he's a hitter. He doesn't right. care about pulling. He he'll care. pull the ball when you throw it in. Right. You throw it away, he'll go with it. Like, he's he's a total hitter. He ain't
1: going to change his game.
0: He ain't going to change his game, and he
1: shouldn't. He's not going to show up to the Yankee Stadium and hit 40 bombs just because he wants to pull the ball. You know what I mean? Yeah, because he, he's certainly he's gonna not going to get pitched inside either.
0: Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's a huge deal, though. And, I you know, with Trent Grisham coming along with him, as a gold glove outfielder, streaky hitter, if you, and Aaron Boone know, will play Yankee, that streak.
1: I know Yankee fans are just waiting for Stanton to get hurt so that he can play center field and not not judge.
0: Sure. <laughs> maybe when
1: Stanton goes down, Grisham plays center field every day. Do they try to move or,
0: Stanton? I mean, they don't like him anyway. How
1: are you going to move him?
0: Pay most of the you're gonna deal? Have to, you're
1: going to have to pay majority of his deal.
0: Anyway, let's move on. Eduardo Rodriguez signs with the Diamondbacks, four years 80 million. This was the first one that I felt like. Crap. Mm-hmm. When you got Marco Gonzalez for only 2.75 or whatever it is, you could it could have made sense to go after an Eduardo Rodriguez, add a little bit more, 20 million a year. And kind of feel like those are evening themselves out. And yes, Marco Gonzalez is a one, possibly two year deal. We didn't talk about that. He has an option for 15 million next year. And if he turns out to be good, 15, you pick that up. That's easy. Yeah. Yeah. Otherwise, you let him go. But even if Marco's a one year deal and you say, yeah, but then you got three more years of 20. Yeah, but the idea is that hopefully Jared Jones mm-hmm. or Quinn Priester or, um, Skeens is falling into those and their league minimum. You know what I mean? So you're going to be all right for the next four years. Not there. Now, let's talk about it a little bit. Because if you had an option, same money, they certainly weren't going any higher, the Pirates weren't. Right. Same money, play in Pittsburgh, or go to the team that was just in the World Series. Right. Let's, Let's not kid around here. It doesn't matter if Andrew McCutcheon sends him a text and says, it's great here. doesn't matter. Right. Uh, you're going to go to the Diamondbacks for the same deal. Yeah. Also, you know, the Dodgers didn't even look at him because he turned down a trade to come here. Everybody says it's business, it's business, it's business. Yeah, there's a human element here, too. And when we sure. stop ignoring the human element, then we're going to have problems. And... I think the Dodgers may be a little offended by that and said, no, we're not not interested. We'll look at some other guys. Um, There were other teams, too, that checked in that did not, and this is a really tricky one for me. They did not like the fact that he left the team in 22 for family reasons. I find that hard to be like, man, if he's got family stuff, Like, family's got to come first. Yeah. But there must be something about it. What are the family reasons, right? Is this a problem that's going to continue? If so, I could understand somebody saying, like, hey, I won't have a problem. If I sign him, I don't have a problem with him leaving. But knowing it ahead of time, I might just choose not to sign him. You don't have to sign anybody. Right. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Like, you don't – if you just say, well, I I think I could put that money towards somebody I know will be around – then I think that's fair to say. Mm-hmm. It's not like you say, like, I disagree with his decision to leave as much as it could be, and I'm, I'm putting thoughts into everybody's head here, as much <laughs> as it could be just, uh, let's just go with the sure thing. You, you know what I mean? Right. Um, and I think there's a little seriousness to that because if you saw the reports, he's moving his family to Arizona. I wonder if that was part of the negotiation. Yeah, we'll go to 20 million if you bring your family with you so you don't have to leave the team. You know what I mean? Like something like that. I don't know. There's just a lot. There was the word is, is that he turned it down uh, to go to L.A. Not because he liked to be in the Central America or Central America um, Midwest. You know what I'm saying? Like I that report seemed to be. No, that's not it. He was just I don't want to go further from my family right now. So yeah, there's something there, but there's also other people who just don't really believe in the long term ability of what he's doing. Me personally, I'm like, yeah, but in Pittsburgh, I think lefties work out well. I think he could have. Yeah. But there could have been something. If they I just, like I said, I just wish I knew whether they checked in or not. Because if they didn't, then they're missing out. Right. If they did and they didn't, and it wasn't a fit, I'm okay with that then.
1: Yeah, I just had this conversation earlier tonight. Um, just the fact that we don't know everything
0: Mm -hmm. and we
1: can't know everything and we shouldn't know everything. That's right. But uh, I'll save that, I guess.
0: (laughs) It's just, uh, (sighs) it must be about something else. All right, let's keep moving. Cardinals trade Tyler O'Neal to the Red Sox for two more pitchers. Um, Yeah, that's fine. There's a lot of guys, a lot of options in St. Louis. I think he'll bounce back and be good for the, uh, for the Red Sox. Yeah. And Yoshi signs with the Giants. So I guess if you miss out on Shohei, you can go with Yoshi. That seems yeah. to be equal. Yeah. All right. We're going to talk Shohei now. And before I do, um, I had a conversation on, on X on Twitter. with uh, a, a, There was a few people involved uh, here and there about this Shohei stuff, and there were some concerns, and we talked about a couple things. And one of the things I said is that I thought that the Dodgers might be the only team that won't regret this. And I think we'll kind of get into that. Um, however, um, I talked a little bit with with Dave Thomas on Twitter, and I I kind of I sent him a message and I said, "Hey, you mind sending me something I can read uh, on the show so that we can get another kind of another opinion, another thought process on here rather than just yours and mine? Maybe help us kind of talk about some of these things." Um, he sent me a long message. He said, "I'm sorry, you can cut it up." But when we read through it, I was like, "I can read most of this." So I'm going to try to get through this and and it's and it's it's regarding the regret of signing a 10-year $700 million deal. And I didn't feel like I had to announce that, right? We all know that. All right. The question of and this is what he says. Um I can say, this is his message. I can say that as, as a Pirates fan, I'm thankful they did not sign this deal even if they could. Uh if I were a Dodgers fan, I think I'd be feeling a combination of excitement and dread. Excitement to see what Otani could do in the Dodger blue, but dread when I think about how this contract will mature. Truth is, I believe that no team would have been willing to sign any player for this high of a contract for his offensive production alone. I think that's fair. Don't get me wrong, 40 homers. He lists, he lists off his his uh, his statistics here. Um, he mentions his BABIP was 342, something we talked about on the fan forum on uh, on this week's show if you if you, if you check that out you know um and so he says he expects some regression and his career numbers would prove out that about a 274 average 366 on base uh still fantastic over six years he's he's a fantastic player it's it's really hard when somebody says anything that sounds like you're talking bad about him it's like yeah but we all know he's great like i've been very i've been criticized for saying just that I don't think that he's better than Babe Ruth and then they're like I can't believe that you're not you don't think he's good and it's like that's not what I said <laughs> <laughs> so anyway um and I don't think we're getting into that today either but the point is he says I'll continue with his message he says that Otani is getting the contract because he is elite as a hitter and a pitcher the real issue for me is that uh he is arguably at the peak of his career today. I think it's a good point. He might prove me wrong, <laughs> but past thirty, the body tends to physically decline. Not to mention, he just had his second Tommy John surgery. We know Otani won't pitch in twenty-four. I believe he will regress offensively in twenty-four. So does Fangraphs. Uh, he was also an elite pitcher in twenty-three, albeit only one hundred and thirty-two innings. Not really what you would call a workhorse. And we'll comment on these things. Uh, let me get through the message now. Um, Add all this up, it's really hard for me to believe that the Dodgers will not be regretting this contract in the next five years. I'm speaking specifically from an on-field baseball perspective. We don't know what the deferment schedule is at this point, but we have to imagine that the last five years will be a bigger hit to their luxury tax calculation than the first five years. We'll get into that. The Dodgers won 100 games and finished first place in the NL West. Their lineup didn't need Otani to get to the playoffs, so how much better does he help (laughs) them? Great question. Uh, maybe he's the difference maker. Is it worth $700 million? Um, There's no different uh, than... Yeah. This is no different... I'm a terrible reader, guys. I really am. This is no different than most long-term deals, but this one is almost twice what the Yankees signed Aaron Judge to last year. And he thinks that that contract will have some regret. Um, if he provides twice the production over the first five years... I'll say I'm wrong, but I wouldn't bet on it. So thanks for the message, Dave. And I think that he brings up a ton of really good points. And there are some things that we will kind of cover as we as we talk about this. So, what do you have to say? Largest con- contract ever to a professional athlete. The former highest was six seventy four given to a soccer player named Lionel Messi in Spain. So, and that guy I think was like a five year contract. So he's just woo way up there. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, but this one tops them all right most reports say that most of the total is deferred David Dave talked about this there was one thing here um, and I'm going to go back to Dave's message real quick because he said we don't know what the luxury tax calculation will be um, in those last and first five years all that stuff so the way that this works in my understanding is that over the life of the contract, the total money is divided evenly? It doesn't matter what you make this year, what you make next year, what you make the year before you're a free agent. It is the same luxury tax hit every single year. So for instance, we looked at Key Brian Hayes before we hit record here, and he made 10 million, 10 million, and then 7777, $7, $7, $7, $7, $7, and then a couple years of 8 million. However, his luxury tax number that gets reported is 8 million for every one of those years because it's an it's an annual average of the life of the contract. This one is different. The deferred money changes that in a way that he'll probably only get like 30 to 35 million. It does say most is deferred. Um I don't know like what most schools teach, but mine taught that most is more than half. <laughs> you know, what I mean most is the bulk right so it's it, 35 is half you know what i mean so you're got mm-hmm. you're thinking it, three 350 million it's more than that that's deferred is my understanding and that yeah. they did it on purpose for um for the ability to to still sign people and that was you know that was what he said it's a smart move for a player he gets paid for a long time we talk about Benio all the time it's a smart move it's a retirement plan whatever you want to call it um, man,
1: I get it, but I just want to interrupt you for a second. No, you please do. And I just think that if it's deferred money, then it should be the, the life of the contract. I mean, I'm sorry if you're gonna just de- so just say you defer half of it, so 350 million. Okay, it should be a 20 year contract. at 700 million. Call I it see. what it is. Deferred well, but- money is deferred money. You're still paying the guy. He's still under.
0: Yeah, but the contract he only has to play for you for 10 years. That's the difference. The contract length that he's signing is 10 years. I'll give you 10 years. Right? After that, yeah. they, then you might wait 10 years and then the payments start kicking in of the deferred. You know what I mean? Like Bobby Bonilla's yeah. deal I think was he signed with the Mets. That wasn't his last team. But it was mm-hmm. 5 years or whatever it was, 10 5 or 6 years or 10 years or whatever after I retire, those payments start kicking in. Now, granted, this will yeah. – 10 years. I mean, Otani's going to be 39. He's probably retiring. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. chances are. I mean, I don't think he'll make it to 39, to be honest with you. <laughs> I don't think it's humanly possible. <laughs> I mean, he is AI, but, I mean, I, I just don't think he'll last. Um, <laughs> so, my – I mean, my, he my definitely underst-
1: won't be pitching that whole contract. No. He
0: he might not pitch for, for four more years, Jake. Right. Like, he he may never pitch again. We don't know. Right. You really don't. Now, Tommy John's the second one. You can come back from that. He Hmm. has a third one. Done. He won't do it again. He won't come back from that. And if he does, it'll be another amazing thing that he did. And I will have no problem saying, wow, this guy really is amazing. But the chances (laughs) are he won't, right? (laughs) Right. So anyway, what I understand of that deferred money is that over the life of the contract, what they do is they take a percentage of the deferred money, and that's what goes towards the luxury tax. Why? Depreciation. Because 30 million today is less or is more money than what 30 million will be 30 years from now, as far as value. So they include depreciation in there. My thought was that they'd only be on the hook for whatever they were paying him over the life right. of the 10 years. But that's not the fact. They do take A percentage of that. I just assumed that whenever they started paying him in 20 years, they would also have to pay a tax. That would have to be included. Sounds like that's not included. Well, it would be hard to make that included because it's on the books, man.
1: It's on the books. It's on the books, but it's hard to say that that's included because you have no idea what the CBA is going to have then.
0: Well, that's true. You don't know it, what
1: the luxury tax is going to be. You don't. You don't have any idea what that. Simple, well, but we could be at a salary cap by then.
0: Yeah, <laughs> we won't go there.
1: <laughs> I'm just saying it's possible.
0: <laughs> anyway, um, let me just say this: the amount of uh, of deferred money that this includes that takes every other team out of the running right there. No one else, no other team in this league, certainly not Toronto, could promise that kind of deferred money. They couldn't right. do it. It's not possible. The fact that he wanted deferred money, and that was his idea, because he wanted the team to have funds to put a winner out there. Um, in order Which I to, like. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, I mean, take less. But yeah, I mean, you don't need $700 million. You know what? Let me jump ahead. I don't even know if it's in my notes. It's not. Actually, we'll get there. It might be some, somewhat in my notes, and I'll ask you that question later. <laughs> let's let's talk about the deferred money and why I think nobody else. The team would have to show MLB that they have the funds to cover the deferment. They have to show that. They have to prove that before MLB signs off on the deal. Um, there's no other team with the ownership group. I mean, you. what's that ownership group? There's probably three people on that group that could just be like, "Here's my bank statement. I can cover it." Oh, by yeah. the way, there's two more guys just like me. You know what I mean? Yeah.
1: They can cover it.
0: So, who else could do that? Those numbers that he was looking at in Toronto, the numbers he was looking at in who was the three finalists? Toronto. I think. Was, oh, LA and the two LA was, teams.
1: There were no, five. There was, there was three was five in the end. Possible.
0: Yeah, but there was three in the end. the The Giants and the Cubs acted like they were still in it, but they weren't. They're just trying to save face for their, uh, for their fan bases. They were out of it for probably the last week. Yeah. Um. They just didn't want to say that. But they were out. <laughs> <laughs> and there's no way they. could. I mean, maybe the Giants, right? Maybe the Giants. The Cubs weren't going to be able. They, there's no way. There's right. no way he was going to be there. At, look, look at the t- look at what he was looking at. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like there, there's obvious reasons why it was it was those two essentially two cities in the end. In the end, right? Not that he wasn't considering mm. it along the way, but in the end. But there's no way that, that number had to be different. And 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 this is why I'll say also this is the Dodgers, right? It had there's no competition there. The Dodgers did not have to outbid anyone. There was no there was no bidding. This is why it was secretive. This is why everything was a big, big secret because Otani didn't want teams to think they had to overdo another team. I guarantee you he went to each of those teams. Like when he approached the Dodgers, he said, This is my number. Do you agree with that? Do you think that that's, I mean, like you don't think that the dot where he went to the Dodgers and said, Blue Jays told me they'd give me 650. What are you going to do about it? I don't think he did that because the Blue Jays couldn't afford 650. Right. I think his number was different there. And I think, you know, you got, uh, what's his name? You got, uh, what's his name on there saying, John Heyman. I don't think this wow. one was about the money. Or, no, this was all about the money, man. He went there with $700 million because he said he wanted to be the guy. He wants to have the biggest contract from a professional athlete in the world. You don't get to seven hundred any other way, Jake. It's three hundred and forty more <laughs> than the next guy. Yeah. It, that contract is bigger than the top NFL, the top NHL, and the top NBA contracts combined.
1: It's it's incredible.
0: It's all about the money, and he approached the Dodgers with that number in mind. And if they weren't going to do it, the only team that could afford to do it, then he would have looked elsewhere. That's it. And he wasn't going to take less from them because if it was, if he was going to them, it was going to be about breaking that record.
1: Yeah. I'm, I don't i do not know. I have no idea. I, I, there, there's, I don't have like the, the, the astronomical amounts that we're talking about. I can't even fathom <laughs> how any of these come to come to be. Right. Like, uh, it's hard for me to wrap my head around to be honest. yeah that
0: that number just doesn't that doesn't get there by th- like I said, nobody else is even putting even close to that number out there when he went and had that Tommy John. I thought the number went from five fifty to five hundred. This is unbelievable yeah. and uh, maybe a little stupid, but they can they can do it mm-hmm. John Boy had a a thing on Talking Baseball where he said, and I don't know if the numbers are right, but he said they will recoup $200 of that money in two months. That seems like a lot. Yeah. He said the Yankees had a Japanese beer sponsoring the Yankees during all of Matsui and all the way through Tanaka. Major sponsorship. You don't get that without that. And with Otani there, you'll get that. You're going to get sponsorships from all over the world. Japanese, the Japanese island, they're all Dodger fans now. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But like all the Asian countries are going to be all on the Dodgers. There's going to be all kinds of I mean, this is a big deal. I say things about what Babe Ruth was to baseball and how much better he was than his peers, okay? I'm stopping there. I'm not going to compare the talent levels. You can't put one guy in one era and another guy in another era without understanding that they have access or do not have access to all the same things. It's impossible. But Otani is not Babe Ruth better than everyone else. It's it's not going to happen. We play Babe Ruth baseball now. Nobody Mm -hmm. played that until Babe Ruth. What he did for a sport, there was no internet. There's basically no like worldwide TV. And yet he sold out parks in, in Japan and China, mm-hmm. and, and Europe, and you know what I'm saying? Doing these barnstorming tours that they made him stop doing because the whole world couldn't wait to see this godlike thing happening back then. It's unparalleled. I can find out anything I want to know about Rob Mikowiak right now, right? And that is not the same, <laughs> you know what I mean, As okay. as as what you could have done. You didn't have access to that back then. And everybody still knew who Babe Ruth was. And I got people in our community that I was like, what do you think about the Zotani thing? And they're like, what's that? You know what I'm saying? Like we're not even on the same planet right now as, as the popularity of what Babe Ruth was. And yet we didn't even have the internet then. Right. However, I say all that to, to, to show you the magnitude of things. That is exactly what Otani is in Japan. He's that big in Japan. He is the guy who is making things worldwide. This is an international superstar bigger than anything we've had in our lifetimes. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Maybe not here in America, but in Japan, bigger than anyone we've ever had in America in our lifetimes. You see what I'm saying? Like, Mm -hmm. Because it's different. He's a, he's a great player. He's what a lot of people consider to be the best player in America. But over there, it is way bigger than that. Yeah. It is way bigger than baseball.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Way bigger. We can't even fathom what it means to that island, to that country. And so the money will roll in. Oh, yeah, for sure. We, we talk about how Bryce Harper's worth his contract because of the revenue. Uh, I mean, not even close because you're getting <laughs> revenue from places that you can't get revenue from for Bryce Harper. Right. So anyway, I wanted to go down that path to show the magnitude of when you say no one's worth $700 million, On the field, you're 100% right. Somehow, I-, I don't know if he's worth quite that much, but they're going to make a lot of money off of him. A lot. I don't know. Maybe he did reach a number where they'll actually break even. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, did he yeah. actually get there? It's possible. It's that much money. And he's likely going to... Shohei Otani's never played on a team that finished over 500. That changes now.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It it completely changes. And if he would have went to Toronto, do you think that changes? You don't know. Yeah. Certainly, if he stayed with the Angels, we would certainly don't know. <laughs> Chances are he won't. It's a guarantee now. He'll finish over 500. Will yeah. he win a World Series? That's always up in the air. You don't know. The Dodgers have been the best team in baseball for how many years in a row? They've got one World Series, and it was in 2020, COVID. Mm-hmm. So you don't know. You'd like to say, sure, yeah, but they didn't win one when Corey Seager was there and, and all those other guys that were there. They, they've, they've gone down a little bit. They're not as good as those teams right now, right? I mean, I think they'll be tough
1: to say, but
0: it's tough because they're still good, but (laughs) they don't have the pitching that those teams had. They don't have, you know what I mean? Right? There's some holes. Lux is not Seager, right, by any stretch. Anyway, um, I to me, that was the demand from Otani. Um. What do we learn this week other than the reporters aren't right all the time? They're more concerned about being first than they are about being right. Um, Does this move or does this signing move the needle on the market?
1: I don't feel that it does. I think the only thing it does (laughs) is, you know, it just kind of opens up the door for more things to start happening. I think most people are just waiting in suspense to see what happens with Otani. Not, not that the pirates were involved in Otani. But no. I think they even they were like just interested to see what was going to happen.
0: Yeah, I think and, that I think that the biggest thing is is like exactly what you're saying. But most of those top end free agents right now are all Scott Boras clients. You got Montgomery, you got Snell, you got Bellinger, you got Hoskins. I don't know who I'm missing. They're all Boras clients. Boras ain't going to sign until he's moved. Yeah, he won't do it. He'll wait because if the Dodgers miss out on him, he'll make sure he gets a little extra out of the Dodgers for one of his guys. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? That's true. If, if the Blue Jays miss out on him, he's going to say, hey, well, you know, you missed out on Otani, but what about Bellinger? Or what about if, they want, if it's a pitching side? Which I can't imagine a team saying, I want Otani for his pitching because that's, un- that's uncertain that he'll ever do it again. <laughs> um, right. Like I said, probably will, but maybe not for long. I think I think I said earlier that he's a unicorn. I think this contracts a unicorn. I don't think it's even going to be touched. I don't think it no. changes one bit. I think the next person that goes in to a to a room, if Boris says, "Yeah, but Otani, they're going to say stop." You tell me what Bogart's made. You tell me what Garrett Cole made. You don't come in here with Otani. Right. Cool. Give me
1: a comparable player, not
0: cool. Blake Snell won a Cy Young. Cool. He didn't hit 44 home runs last year, and, and not even a full season. So right. He can, we can walk out the door with that number. <laughs> like you're not gonna be like, well, if he got that, I, I expect Snell to get 400 million. It's not gonna happen, dude. <laughs> no. No. Just stop. It's it's a unicorn. I I actually think the same about Council's contract. They're saying, oh, this was great for managers. I don't think it's gonna matter. I think you shot so high. I don't think that and going things can change. Right. If you move something incrementally, it does have an impact. If you blow something out of the water by that much, it's a joke. Right? You just can't do it. You just can't do it. You got anything else on Otani? Did we cover? Let's see. Did we cover all of the things that 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 Dave talked about? Um, we talked about the the AAV and the CBT. It's going to be the same across the ten years. It's not going to matter. They may pay him more in different years, but as far as that tax threshold, it's going to be the same. Um, decline? Yeah, he'll decline. He won't be the same. He may not, like I said, he may not pitch beyond five years of this contract. I don't see how it's possible. He, yeah. Whatever he's doing right now to pitch at an elite level, he gets hurt doing it. He's going to have to stop doing it. And it's either <laughs> stop pitching like you're pitching, and pitch Mm -hmm. differently, or stop pitching. You know what I'm saying? Like, which is it going to be? Because you're not effective if you're not on the field. Right. And he's great when he's there, but, like, obviously what he's doing hurts. (laughs) (laughs) And you can't keep doing it. Right. Um, I agree. I think that if if they win a World Series in the first five years, I still think their financial flexibility, they're not going to regret it because they have the funds to cover it. I think if it if it handicaps you, which it would, the Blue Jays, it's already handicapping the Angels with the, with the Rendon deal, and really, can Mike Trout stay healthy? He's lifting too much. Mm-hmm. So I I don't know. A little sneak peek into what I why I think people get hurt all the time. Um, what else did we talk about, or did he talk about? So the next five years, Hunter, I think he makes a good point about you know, um, is it the – does Otani push them over the edge? That's gonna be hard to tell. It's the same thing I said last week about um, what was it? who was I was I even talking about Juan Soto? Did I already know the Juan Soto stuff? I think I did, or maybe it was at least rumored probably. or or whatever. It, whatever it was. It, is Juan Soto leaving the Padres actually gonna help the Padres win? Hard to tell. Why? Because they're probably gonna win anyway, with or without him. They're gonna be better yeah. than they were last year. Same thing with the Dodgers they could just go and win the World Series even if they didn't get him. So it's always a thing where you say hard to tell, but he's certainly not going to hurt him.
1: (laughs) At least you would
0: hope. Boy, if they go under 500 this year, it is going to be the biggest regret and joke. It's not going to happen. We don't have to worry about it. (laughs) Thanks for the message, Dave. I think that all those things are like, we have so many thoughts right now running through all of our heads because this is... So wild. I remember telling somebody the day that it happened. I'm, I'm, I'm really just sitting in this for a minute. I don't really know what to think. Yeah. I think eventually we say, oh, yeah, he's making a lot of money. Big deal. I think it's also funny when people say, like, oh, his AAV is more than the Pirates. The Pirates only have $50 million. No. Their payroll is higher than $50 million. That <laughs> website's wrong. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're paying attention to the wrong website. Anyway, listen, I know we're long. Um, let me talk about a couple things here. We got to talk about Buck's rumors, the buzz, all that stuff. But before I do, um, if if you listen to the Pirates Fan Forum podcast, I was on there Thursday, audio released on Saturday. We had a really cool talk. Uh, we nerded out a little bit about the BABIP stat and Jared Triolo. Go check that out. Um, I did have some notes, and I know that, that Gary said he's going to bring stuff up. Obviously, with Otani kind of taking uh, center stage here, we I don't have a ton. So I just want to clear, cl- you know clear it up that I like Jared Triolo and I want him on this team. It's not like I was saying anything to say he's a bum. I just don't think he's like, oh, give him a starting job at first base right now or second base right now. Like, let's let him move around. I think he's more I think he's actually better for the team if he does that. And I'm excited about him on the team. But anyway. Go listen to that conversation. There's a lot of really good stuff in there. Um, And then, so let's talk about, we're going to talk about some Pirates rumors and some buzz around the Pirates and everything. And then I'm going to follow up with one more thing um, from a message I got from last week's show. We'll talk about that, okay? 109 days in the off season. From the day the World Series ended till the official start of spring training is 109 days. Today, Sunday, we're recording this on Sunday. is. 39 days in. We're 36% through the offseason. Why do I say this? Because we're already saying that they didn't do enough this offseason. Guys, we're not even halfway there. Yes, the winter meetings have come and gone, but that doesn't mean the offseason's over. There are still a ton of guys available. (laughs) Via free agency and trade. There's still a ton of them. Halfway there is Christmas Day, by the way. So that gives you an idea, right? Right? We're gonna be mm-hmm. halfway there in 15 days, two full weeks. Anything can happen, and we trade Josh Bell on Christmas. So, point is, there's time. There's time.
1: Yeah, and this is what I was kind of talking about earlier. Like we don't know everything. We don't. We shouldn't know everything. And, and things are happening behind closed doors that we may not hear about. And if we think they're not doing enough, it might not be because we haven't signed anybody. It might be because things pens haven't been to paper, uh things haven't been shed the light on, whatever you want to call it. You know, maybe maybe Sherrington is reaching out to people and just not getting anywhere with it. So then it doesn't even create a buzz. You know, yeah. We don't know all of that.
0: Here's what so, we here's what we do know to to your point, and then you can elaborate on this too, because We always say, like, oh, I've said this a bunch. I wish I'd just find out they were in it. Mm -hmm. That always comes from agents. I think I talked about this last week. I don't remember. That always comes from agents. And it's not going to be Ben Sherrington saying, well, we've talked to this guy. We've talked to this guy. Sometimes it is. But if it's a free agent and people say, well, if it's a free agent, then uh, those agents, they would want to bring up that there are people interested yeah, but they don't necessarily want to bring up that the pirates are interested. There's something right. attached to that. Oh, if the pirates are interested, then maybe that guy's not a top level guy. You know what I'm saying? Like if if the if the if Eduardo yeah. Rodriguez agents come out and says the pirates are interested, then they'll be like they might say, wait, is Erod a reclamation? You know what I mean? Because that's what they mm-hmm. think. So right. you you're better off not saying the pirates are interested. You know, because because that's not going to help you bid. That's not going to help you get a higher bid. That's not going to help anybody feel a sense of urgency. If we hear that the Reds are interested in somebody, we're like, crap, we better we better get out there because that's a division. But like, people (laughs) just aren't afraid of the Pirates right now.
1: I get what you're saying, but at the same time, if somebody's interested, somebody's going to want them before that person gets them. Uh, Period. I think, but but the thing is, is they were the Reds and the Pirates are interested in the same person. Especially if the Cubs and the Pirates or the St. Louis, basically, if you're in a division, you're going to want to take that player. that's even so can't up. have them
0: that happened. The Reds were in on him, too. And even if right. the Pirates were, it doesn't help anybody. It doesn't help that player to say the Pirates are interested. It just doesn't. It doesn't put any kind of urgency into anybody. It doesn't make you think, well, they're not going to offer enough money anyway. But
1: it's not going to give a negative re- reaction either. Is Basically, I don't think, oh, is this guy maybe? A no, your scouts have done their work.
0: Okay, that's fair. That's a good point. So anyway, I like that point. Let's look at some of the things they could do. They're showing interest in Jack Flaherty. That has been rumored. This is good, right? You, you said this right on the onset of the offseason. You said this is a guy they should look at. Yeah. So.
1: Still young enough.
0: Still young enough to figure it out. Sure, it's a one-year deal, although he has said he wants uh, – no, that's Giolito. If is not getting the money that he wants, I still think that he's an option. Obviously yeah. not tagged, but there's been some kind of rumors that Gio still thinks that he's up there. And everybody's like, "Ah, you got to show me a little bit first. <laughs> so he might end up with one of those deals where it's like, I'm going to sign for what you want, but it's going to have incentives because I think I'm going to hit them. Right. And maybe the Pirates stay away for that reason. We don't know. There's also interest in trading for Josh Naylor, which says the Cubs and Mariners also have interested in Josh Naylor in Cleveland. Uh, where are you at with this one? I mean, the guys, maybe there's more in the tank there. He lost the season in 2020. There's He got an injury in 21, so there's still maybe some improvement to be had. He's got power, left side, first base. Where are you at? I like
1: him on the field, but please now. I don't want that character. I just don't. I don't know. The, all his antics and just he's literally crazy, dude. Yeah, he's nuts. And I don't know. Maybe if he's on the team and I and he's hitting a bomb and being crazy, maybe I end up liking that.
0: If you got an opportunity to go back and look at his highlight when he hit two home runs off the White Sox in that one game <laughs> and and he went berserk. Feed me. Feed me. They 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 didn't, they didn't want to throw whatever it was. And he was just, and he went like, he went full on like nuts yeah. in the yeah. dugout. Just go and nuts. You would be dying of laughter.
1: Yeah. Captain insane. No,
0: it would be hilarious. The Garrett Cole home run. He's my expletive mm-hmm. baby, all that stuff. I'm out. Yeah. I'm out on that one. And he did 100%. a little bit of that in the White Sox one too, but that thing I'm I'm out on, right? Cheer with your team, going crazy in the dugout. I'm a little bit okay with that. All that that stuff's fine. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was pointing at him. Yeah. First off, say what you want about Garrett Cole, right? The only true ace left in, in Major League Baseball. Like Garrett Cole's got a track record that. There's a little <laughs> bit of a like if, if you hit that yeah. off of. Chad cool. Say what you want. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) But you didn't. Poor Chad. You didn't. Yeah, you're right. Poor Chad. I don't know why I went to him. (laughs) Should have said Rich Hill. Uh, But like, but like Garrett Cole, I mean, no, no, you're not his dad. Like he's really good. Right. Yeah. He's better than you by a long shot. (laughs) Anyway, I don't know, man. I, I, I think if if you have the ability to say none of that here, then, you know what I mean? And that, and it's got to come from another player. Yeah. In my opinion, it's got to come from a player, not not a, not a the coach, not the front office. It's got to come from a player saying, hey, that's not our I think our, it absolutely could thing. come
1: from the manager. I think it absolutely could. It could,
0: but I'm saying it means, I think office. it means more if it comes from a, a player, right? Say, hey, that's not yeah. our thing. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, anyway, I don't know though, if you, if you, if you cat, if you, if you pull some of that back, do you pull some of the player back too? I don't know. Some people need to be crazy. It's like, a, is he like a closer playing first base? You know what I mean? (laughs) You gotta be a little nuts (laughs) or Brian Wilson and all that kind of, you know, like I I
1: said, like I said, go crazy in the dugout. Just the pointing and rocking like, Yeah. yeah.
0: So if that's the case, um, while we're talking about first base, Jason Mackey and some others have, have said that you know, Carlos Santana may not be on the table. You kind of saw him as a safety blanket. And I think a lot of people are saying 7.5 million might be the number that doesn't seem that high, but is it really worth it for Carlos Santana at this point? If Triolo and Connor Joe are an opportunity to play first base against left-handed pitching, would you be better off to save some money? Because you got to sign three pitchers and I'd rather them be quality. Would you be better off to go after more of a platoon player at first base than, and let's let's get real, like, Santana's actually better from the right side. Except yeah. not at PNC Park, because how who is? <laughs> so, like, you you know what I mean? Like, you're kind of saying, like, well, he could be a better player somewhere else where he could hit right-handed more, and yet we're going to take his right-handed bats away. Right. So are we better off going a different route now where, you know what I mean? I don't know. What yeah. do you think?
1: Yeah, I mean, I oh, I agree with all that. I, it, <clears throat> it's, it's it's like I said, I I've, I've said about as much as I can.
0: Yep. Uh, Mackie also said, if it was going to happen, don't we think it would have already? Yeah. And I think that's a really good Fair. quote. Let me ask you this: Could you apply that same logic to Andrew McCutcheon?
1: I don't think so.
0: If it was going to happen, wouldn't it happen already?
1: I think that I think that deal's already done. It just needs pen to paper and okay and they're just waiting for the right time to just just have the f- roster flexibility.
0: Okay. All right, we've got a little bit more left. We are at the hour um, roundabouts. We've got one more thing to talk about, and this is when I like to say, this is for the real ones. If you're still hanging out here, appreciate it. Um, we've got one more thing to talk about, and it's just a follow-up from last week. So if I don't go there this week, I won't go there. And so I want to make sure I bring it up because we did get a message from from somebody that, you know, that, that listened last week and, and had some comments. And it is a different opinion than mine. And so that's why I like to share these sort of things. This is a discussion. This is what sports are about. This is what baseball is about. We want to have discussions. We want to talk about things. Um, it's not like anybody thinks they're right and wrong. Right. It's just opinions. And so some of you guys may resonate more with this. But I think it does give me an opportunity because I just kind of was going off last week. You know what I mean? It does give me an opportunity to kind of explain my side of things. So, this message is from JB uh, at Jonathan Bayat, I think it is B A Y A T. Um, really enjoyed last episode. Thanks for putting these out. I wanted to offer a different perspective on your take regarding stats. In my opinion, what a player, quote unquote, was trying to do is completely irrelevant. The great thing about stats is they are best tool to unbiased analysis of performance and trends. Using average for modern players and on-base percentage or OPS for previous generations gives us the best opportunity to know what was actually the best or what was actually occurring over the years. For example, they have lower batting averages because the modern batting philosophy is poor. I like how there's an opinion really thrown in there that it's poor. Um, and because pitchers now throw so hard, they're injuring themselves at astounding rates. I also love that comment. <laughs> <laughs> These trends have resulted in fewer hits, fewer runners, etc. cetera. It's critical we try not to explain away batting failures when what we need is a focus on changing the rules to correct the gross pitcher dominance. So this is loaded with kind of a uh, – he's got like a secondary point here. That something needs to change because of pitcher dominance. And the fact that because pitchers are doing this, they're getting hurt. The only thing I can imagine is they get paid 50% when they're injured. But you can't do that. Right. You just can't. Like, you you can't. So, if we try to remove the pitcher aspect of this, okay, and the only reason I'm doing that is because I think there's still enough here that we can com- that I can comment on. I, th- I think that you're on the same page as me. I think that we've talked about this before and that you think the same as, as I do, but maybe not. I will say this, though. You, you do mention on-base percentage and OPS. OPS, I, I might leave out of this. I think you can go back and look at somebody's OPS because you're either getting there with on-base or you're getting there with average. It's still going to be there. Yeah yeah I mean it's you're still going to be able to say how much was he on base I don't know mm-hmm. I guess slugging percentage you could still count in in everything but either way the reason that I say this and and Jake you can chime in your your opinion here and whether you are agree more with jB here or or maybe a little more I've heard it from players right and I will say this I will say I've heard this from players uh, I'm trying to think of an example of last Harold Reynolds Mm-hmm. he that's said I, was I don't care what his on base percentage is he didn't care what his on base percentage is because and you you hit it when you said modern batting philosophy is poor or it's great some people think the modern batting philosophy is great so i think there's an opinion within an opinion there and i think that's good the lower batting averages are literally because they don't care about the batting average period they're focused on on base percentage and doing damage. and that's what they're focused on because they analytics in general have taught us that on base and when you actually say fewer runners, I think you mean base like base stealers is I think what you is what he's saying is that they're stealing bases left off because there are more base runners <laughs> because they're getting walked, right fewer hits, yes, but we're getting walked way more. And so there are there may be more base runners than there used to be. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, just because there are fewer hits, but that's because we're getting walked so much. And so I, I, I don't think that there are less base runners. I think there, there may even be more base runners. Um, however, there are definitely fewer hits. And yes, you are right. It has a lot to do with the the velocity at which pitchers are throwing foolishly. I agree with you there. When you say astounding rates of injuries, they're mm-hmm. foolishly getting injured. They shouldn't be doing that. So, I mean, there's a lot in here that I agree with, with what you say, JB. It's just uh, it's the thing where when you compare, wh- what you can't do is you can't go back 40 years and say, well, that guy's not as good as somebody today because his batting average or his on-base percentage wasn't as good as this guy today. You know what I'm saying? Like, you can't do that. You have to only look at players with their peers because of things like mm-hmm. batting philosophy, possible rule changes that have changed the way that things happen, like what we just saw. There are some differences there, but you have to look at what those players were within their peers. I said it earlier in this episode about Babe Ruth. Everybody was here. He was way up here. And do you know what they said about him back then? By the way, just to give you an example, you strike out too much. The guy never struck out a hundred (laughs) times. Right, He never right. struck out, yeah. but he played in an era where there were guys who finished the season with seven strikeouts. Mm-hmm. And you say, that's impossible. Well, first off, they weren't throwing as hard, not because they couldn't, although early Babe Ruth days they probably couldn't. Right? They, they probably weren't throwing as hard because they weren't as strong in, in certain ways. They weren't throwing that hard. I think you get a little bit further, Nolan Ryan could throw every bit as hard as anybody who plays right now. He just did yeah. it when he decided to do it. Yeah. And he, he said, I, my goal is to go nine innings. Not If he went six innings, he'd have thrown 105 the whole game. Yeah. But he didn't. And you look look back at Verlander. He threw mm-hmm. 93 in the first. He threw 100 in the ninth. Because he knew, yeah. I want to last nine innings. But also, back in Babe Ruth's day, it was like four-man rotation. You threw 40 times a game, 50 times a, a, a season, a I mean. season, yeah. And you expected to throw nine innings for all of them. Mm -hmm. so there was a reason why they weren't I don't think max effort in Babe Ruth's day I don't think max effort gets you to 100 right I agree with that but I definitely agree with the fact that they weren't trying to because they knew they had nine Babe Ruth when he was with Boston in a World Series game pitched a complete game gave up one run in a 14 inning game he threw a complete game so no they did it differently for different reasons and the different reasons were they don't want to get taken out of the game period and they want to be able yeah. to do it three days from now.
1: I wonder how many pitches he threw in that game.
0: I could tell you, I'm not going to pull it up right now because of right. our, because of our time.
1: Um, we're going to look later.
0: We will. Um, the the thing is, is like, they it wasn't max effort pitches too. They would place things. They would throw a, a slower pitch to throw you off and all that stuff. But because of the slower velocity, those players would choke up. Babe Ruth used a 45 ounce bat to get the power that he had, <laughs> right? And so they would, they would choke up on the bat a little bit more, but what they would do is they would have more control of the bat and you know what? Mm -hmm. They were swinging at the first pitch if you threw it in there. And that's something we would never do today. We always take looking for a walk. That's why we strike out more. And we say that's okay because I'd rather strike out than hit a rinky dink ground ball to the second baseman because I just missed it and I didn't swing hard. Where back then, they would say, I'd rather ground out to second than strike out." You know what I'm saying? Like, so you have to understand what's going on in the context of the game when that person's playing. The people in the 80s and the 90s, they didn't know how important on-base percentage was. And, and all the years before that. It was batting average was king. So when I got two strikes, I choked up. And I tried to get on, I tried to get a hit. I stopped yeah. trying to hit a double and started trying to hit a single because that was what was important. If I got to two strikes and I believed I could reach a pitch off the plate, I'd reach it. You know what I'm saying? Because yeah. I wanted to put the ball in play. That was important to them.
1: Yeah. The fields weren't as nice back then. More chances for it, to take a bad bounce.
0: Yeah, and then get you a hit a on it. more
1: opportunity to get base hits.
0: That's a good point, too. But... But what I mean, but but the point of this is saying they didn't care about on base percentage, they cared about batting average. So judge them on their batting average. A guy who hit 250 in the 80s was not a good hitter. A guy who hit 250 now, you could say, well, what's his on base? How many home runs did he hit? He might be good. Is Kyle Schwarber a good hitter? Yeah. He hit like what 201? Yeah. But he is a good hitter. His other numbers prove it. His OPS plus is higher than the league average. He was on base and he hit 40 home runs. He's a good hitter, but his batting average stinks. They don't care about batting average. Right. Compare that to some of those guys back then and you say, well, you know, this guy hit 280. Well, yeah, but 280 back then was a power hitter who wasn't care who didn't have a high average. Well, maybe not. Maybe let's do two sixty, right? Because two eighty is <laughs> yeah. still good no matter what era you're in, but It's all I'm saying is that it does matter what the player's mindset is and what his philosophy is to find out if he's a good hitter. If you got a guy that's up to bat and his goal is to have a high batting average and he falls short of that goal, he's not playing well. I don't care if he got walked because he didn't care if he got walked. He'd rather get a hit. I'll tell you, even when I was playing and I graduated high school in 2001, the biggest thing we hated was when your high school used to say, what's the best kind of base? Free bases, free bases and everybody in our dugout were like, I'd rather get a hit. Well, you guys were a little bit ahead of us maybe <laughs> 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 because it did make sense to get on base, but we were just sitting there saying, I'd rather, get, I'd rather hit my way on. I don't mm-hmm. want that lousy. Well, I don't want to get hit by actually I did like to get hit by a pitch because I was going to steal second, but, <laughs> <laughs> but I was never taught to take pitches. I was taught to be aggressive and go up there and hit, you know what I mean? And so on base percent, I don't want I wouldn't have the slightest idea what my on-base percentage was. Nobody would have ever told me that. Nobody would have ever even communicated that. You know what I mean? It -hmm. was not a thing. So I wouldn't have even been keyed into it. Analytics have changed that. It is fair to say that because Schwarber hit 201 or whatever he ended up hitting does not make him a bad hitter to somebody who played in the 80s. You'd have to look at the big picture of things, and that's why we say it is irrelevant. Now, there's a lot of numbers that are relevant. That's why I love the plus numbers. Those plus numbers, OPS plus, that tells you what he was in comparison to the rest of the league for that season. For that season, 100 is league average. What do those numbers equal now? You know what I'm saying? Like Those are things, but either way, you're always comparing players to their peers, not to the way people are right now. Right. What do they say, Babe Ruth, when he hit it out of the stadium? It was a foul ball. Yeah, I think so. For like part of his career. Also, by mm. the eighth inning, they were still throwing the same ball in. <laughs> and this lace, the lace, the 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 ball was. Oh, he he hit the cover off the ball. That's because you're using it the whole game. It was brown. <laughs> by that time, yeah. it was dirty. Yep. The laces were coming undone. It was a sloppy ball that didn't carry well, and he still hit him out. i uh, I could go on and on about that, dude. <laughs> go on and on. But either way, it doesn't make, just because I think Babe Ruth's better and somebody else thinks Shohei's better, it doesn't make either one of us right, right? It's just good for conversation. Right. And the same thing here. I, I I do believe, and I think that there's a lot of points that that you make, JB, in here that are really good. But when I say that they're irrelevant, I think that is something that we can look at and say, You can tell me that that guy had a bad on base percentage, but also at the same time, that doesn't make him a poor hitter if he wasn't if he didn't even know what his on base percentage was. He didn't even know. You know what I mean? And that's the point I'm trying to make. Um, OPS, I won't argue because, like I said, there's more than that that thrown in there. So I, I think that you're fair to say like you could still look at that kind of stuff because your on base percentage is still you're still looking at it with his peers. Right, you can still say what was his OPS with his peers because all those guys were looking for batting average. They were still looking for slugging. Yeah, because Babe Ruth made you look for slugging, right? right. So we've been looking right. for slugging since the 30s. So that's not changing. Um, but man, uh, keep talking about your. I love the the philosophy is poor. I, I I'm there, man. I'd rather see guys choke up with two strikes.
1: Hmm.
0: I I'm I get so tired of watching pitches right down the middle. And, and tired of giant Javi Bias swings with two strikes. Like, shorten up and put the ball in play. Yeah. Right. I, I totally agree with you there. Anything else on that? Do you have any closing remarks on anything that we talked about today? I don't think we left anything out. Um, yeah, and I, I know we, we went long, but thanks everything. for sticking around. What would you say?
1: Yeah, I think we covered everything.
0: All right, I have a closing remark here, and then we'll get out of here. Um, I'll probably start the music halfway through or something like that. Well, I'm going to talk about Otani again. Uh, This is somehow, I wrote this down, so I am going to be looking down, reading it if you're watching. This is somehow a win for baseball. Uh, I I still sit in this weird feeling that I also believe that it's not. We now have the highest paid athlete, right? It belongs to our sport. We lay claim to that, the biggest deal. And the fact that it's an international star speaks volumes as to how popular baseball is in the world right now we hear a lot about baseball dying right baseball's dead it's way down there baseball is alive and baseball as well now it's also broken <laughs> and i guess this isn't the first time we've heard that said about our sport right yeah let's go bucks Thanks for listening to my dad
1: and uncle Jake on the Bridge to Bucktober podcast. Follow them on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Bridge the Number Two Bucktober. Don't forget to subscribe so you know when new episodes are released. Clear the deck, cannibal coming,
0: and let's go, Bucks.